Welcome back to the grind of folks, James Chapman, the man with the curly hair and no body hair is here. And we also have a special guest, one you may know, one you may have heard, maybe one you didn't hear because you didn't follow us from the beginning and that's trash, but we're here today. Good morning, James. Good afternoon, I guess. Yeah, good afternoon. That's all I got. You're talking about a body here. What kind of conversation you want me to have with you right now? I thought it would go. I do got the little flip going on the back. I'm kind of liking that. He's got some lettuce. He's got some lettuce. Give him some credit. A little credit. It's not bad. There's a voice in the void here, and that is Ryan Lang. What is up? What is good, guys? Good to be back. I don't even remember the last time it was. I think it was probably like a little over a year ago, I guess. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, not longer. Ryan, I do have a very important question for you. Yes. Do you own a shirt with any sleeves? Uh, no, unfortunately, <laughs> they all fell off. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's been a tough. I can't really go into any business meetings these days. But hey, you know, we're, we're battling through it. Uh, we're here to abolish slavery. That is you know, one of my main goals in life. So, Sun's out, guns out. Of it. Always, all day. Dude, you got you got to show off. The I don't have much like, you know, upsides to me, but my triceps are like the one thing that I, <laughs> I like have as a plus. If I eat a cupcake, I'm 10 pounds heavier. Don't exactly have a sick hairdo. My face, you know, I'd probably get a rating from most chicks, like a seven out of 10, maybe. So <laughs> you got to you got to use what you have as an asset and market it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if I had guns like that, dude, I probably wouldn't wear sleeves either. I mean, just, just in all transparency here. Okay. So like I would, I would not have a shirt with sleeves on it. So uh, I feel you on that. Yeah. Um, man, so you've had some pretty exciting things going on. Um, first off, actually, let's start. Tell us a little bit about your, you know, cause we got some new listeners. Talk, tell us about your background. Definitely. So you guys, I think you found me through like the ultra running, David Goggins, Cameron Haynes kind of, you know, crowd. I don't know how you found me, um, but, you know, you guys reached out. You two were both tough individuals working hard day by day, just my kind of guys. Um, and, you know, I, I just came on, spoke about my ultra running, uh, how I started doing 200 milers a couple years back, uh, started my own business in Gen Z. Um, and, you know, I was just a fellow grinder. So I think that's, you know, what brought us together. Um, and you know, that's, that's kind of my elevator pitch of myself. Um, but yeah, man, I've gotten a lot going on. I started another company, um, persistent design and marketing. Essentially I'm a design consultant now. Um, you know, during COVID totally shot festival season in, in the butt, you know, and my main target market with the hydration pack was music festivals. So I spent basically all of my COVID time designing, um, chest utility packs, running chest packs to kind of enter more of that outdoor market, a lot more runners than there are ravers. Um, so I wanted to kind of expand my target market. Um, moved to Denver, Colorado in September, living the life, running the mountains out here. I could, I, I can't tell you, I could not be much happier than how I am right now. Um, 
people out out here are cool. A lot of very, you know, very startup entrepreneur minded individuals. I go snowboarding in the winter and I run the mountains in the summer. So uh, life's great out here. But yeah, so when I was starting to design all these new products, I had people asking me like, hey, how do I design this? How would I create this? So I was like, holy crap, I can start a whole nother business designing stuff for other individuals. So all of, you know, February, March of this year, I started, I started creating that website, really trying to figure out how I can create these clients. I have the skills. I know what to do. I have the relationships with manufacturers. Now I got to bring people to me, which dude, February was tough for me, man. I was pretty anxious individual, didn't have much money coming in the door. I was running people's dogs, picking up their dogs shit for 20 hours, $20 an hour just to have cash. I wasn't making much of anything. I knew I was going to be okay. Now the festival season's back. Gen Z is popping off. Dude, this influencer made a TikTok uh, of one of my hydration packs. It's got like 3.2 million views and it's brought me in close to close to $45,000 in a week. So I'm feeling a heck of a lot better. Uh, you know, I'm doing a lot better. I am so busy. There's not enough hours in the day, but man, it feel I, I like love this feeling. It gives me yeah. life. You know <laughs> what I mean? So I want to back up a little bit, unpack that a little bit. So mm-hmm. it, did it, all of this, how this is kind of built out. I mean, it started with you and a passion for running. Is that correct? Correct. So, I mean, so like, have you, have you always ran? No, dude, I was a, I was a fat individual. I was 235 pounds in high school. I didn't like running. I played football. So like, you know, we've run, but we're not doing marathons. And I was honestly just sick of the being an overweight individual. Uh, so I started, I, I knew running would help, right? Mm-hmm. Start doing that. Um, I got past that threshold, that two month threshold where your body is like, what is going on? Everything hurts. You don't like what you're doing, but once your body adapts, your micro muscles in your knees, your ankles, your hips adjust, uh, they get stronger. Running doesn't hurt anymore. I started getting into, I guess what you would call a flow state. And I started using runs to get the greatest ideas to, you know, think things out. And, And before you know it, I ran 10 miles. So that just led into marathon, 50 miler, 100 miler, 200 miler. And, you know, that's, that's my thing now. So, so from that, so you're also, uh, you're saying the festivals. So that's, yeah. that's just been something you've always loved. Because yeah, so talking about how we found you, you know, at a time about the running, uh, I always just liked your dance moves, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I loved running. I wore a lot of different hydration backpacks uh-huh. with running. I loved music festivals. And there was all these cool features on music festival or on running hydration backpacks that none of the hydration backpacks being marketed to festival goers. So, so it's very normal for people at festivals to have on hydration packs. Oh, I'd say two out of every three individuals are wearing a hydration pack. Yeah. And you came up with some pretty creative ideas, right? I mean, like it had like um, graphic, I mean, not just graphics in it, but like lights. I mean, all yeah, kinds of yeah, stuff, you right? could throw on a bunch of lights on it to, you know, so you could see someone across the crowd at night. You could put on your own like customizable skin. So you could put a picture of Addison's ugly mug on your backpack if you wanted. Um, you know, I put the chest pockets that we use for running 
uh, that we use for like water bottles. Great for your phone. Stick it right there because people are yeah. always in and out. You know, but your phone gets jacked out of your pocket by the asshole standing next to you in the crowd. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's just a bunch of little features on there that make it the ultimate music festival hydration backpack. Very cool. And so now that's morphed into, you said you've really advanced the, more the running scene. A raver loves lasers and crazy loud music. A runner, most runners are like 30, 35 year old dads. They listen to country music, you know, so you, I'm running two different ad sets with different content on each. One is the running. You know, I got Cameron Haynes running in the pack. I got like some other influencers in that sphere targeted to people that run on Facebook. I got ravers, chicks with their ass out, uh, lights everywhere, going crazy, marketed to the rave community because that's what they love. And on my Instagram, it's kind of a mix of both, but I never go too far into each spectrum to keep it, you know, baseline. Yeah. You know, the whole story, I mean, I get super excited when people are winning, but what I, the best part of your story was you talking about literally walking dogs, picking up dog crap. Like, I, I think a lot of people overlook that. Like you do whatever it takes Facts. and it's down because you believe, like if you don't believe in an idea that you have or mission you have or a service you can provide strong enough that you're not willing to just like eat shit like that, like how you're never going to get it to where it wants to go facts. And, and that is the problem with a lot of people when it goes down, they go down with it and they ditch it. My stuff went down. I, I didn't care. I knew it was going to just be a quick six month period that it was going to be down. Some people are like, ah, oh, shit, it's done. I'm moving on to the next thing. I was not getting a fucking nine to five. I was not doing it. I didn't care that I had to pick up people's fucking dog shit. I was going to do that to get back to my passion. And a lot of people just quit or, or the other problem I see is they just do not have the confidence within themselves. And, and that is why I love talking about my story. I love telling other people that I am your average dude. I, you know, I have to wake up and fight gaining weight every day. I have to wake up and fight not to want to sit on my ass and, and do nothing all day and, and twiddle my thumbs. I'm just like everyone else, but I wake up every day persistent. I wake up every day determined to make it happen and to stay in that healthy, passionate lifestyle that I've gotten a taste of already. Yep. And I, I think that's, that, that's the funnest part is going from having to pick up other people's dog shit to making $45,000 in a week yeah. to making $45,000 a week and having to pick up dog shit just to make sure that you're, you know, you're keeping shit level. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah exactly. And exactly. I think that's, 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 that's such a, the importance of, of owning your own business and doing your own thing. And, and not only that, but just striving for something that you want because yeah. You can be working that nine to five and doing your hustle on the side or doing the best you possibly can inside that nine to five to make sure that yep. everybody looks good around you. Yep, exactly. And don't get me wrong. I'm, there are probably a lot of people that work. There are a lot of people that love what they're doing. It's just not my thing. And that is, that's okay. Yep. Um, but dude, the biggest thing I learned from this whole COVID thing is the world does not give a fuck about you. 
shit could happen. You could not, it's very easy to, to spend money, but it's really hard to make it all on your own. And this, it was a very humbling, let's call it 12 ish months for this to happen, to realize you gotta always be on your toes. What is your next thing that you're going to do? What do you have in the pipeline? You know, now I got two businesses making me money. What's my next thing? I just got offered to uh, be on the board to run, help run a four day car show slash music festival. Okay. Now I want to get into the entertainment stuff things and have another source of revenue where, you know, let's say something hits the floor with persistent design. I don't know. I, I, I can't perform duties and someone gets pissed off and I get slandered. There goes that business, but it's cool. I got two more. So that's the biggest thing it's taught me is what's your plan B? What's your yeah. backup plan? And, and some action, you know, what do you that? think? The, the activity, the action, you know, yeah, you, yeah. you have an activity. I mean, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to hit more home runs for swinging, you know? Yeah. That's, you know, it's, that, 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 that's a, that's a big note. In addition to that, what you're saying is it's a lot easier to have four things going that are making a thousand dollars a piece than yeah. it is to have one thing that is consistently bringing in $4,000 a piece. Right. Right. And, and there might be people that like the inverse of me. Mm-hmm. I'm also the individual that I get sick of some shit after a, a, a like couple weeks, you know? So I got to be here, there, here, there, back and forth, back and forth. I can't be sitting on the computer doing the same exact thing for six months, a year at a time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I like to give my, you know, story as an example. Maybe some of your listeners will resonate with it, but if they're doing the inverse of me, that's working for you. You're a happy individual. You're healthy keep rolling with it. You know what I mean? But you got to keep moving. You can't be stagnant in whatever that job is. I worked a co-op at Drexel. We had uh, our program was you work six months, you go to school six months. So I got a taste of that nine to five sitting around at a desk doing the same thing. And the life that I saw some people live was scary. And it, it, that I, I give credit to those jobs because it was kind of that kick in the butt of, Let's figure out how you could not be like this. You know what I mean? Yeah. I got to see what I didn't want to do. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's important to make that note of if you are happy and you have a good culture inside of a company that you're working for, awesome. And if you're enjoying what you're doing every yeah. day, you're enjoying yeah. the people, great. But there's always more, right? Yep. And no matter what you want to do. On the other half of that, if you hate what you do, hate where you're going, hate the people that you're around – there's a note to make there that says, hey, look, there's a couple different options you can run down. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And I, two of my good friends here in Denver, great business story. These girls, they work nine to fives that, you know, they're doing a great job. They're both in sales, but they want it. They want to be doing their own thing. So a lot of things I hear people say is, I don't know what I'm good at. I don't know what I could do. I can't start my own business. These girls, all they did was start a, a blog for EDM music. And they started interviewing uh, different artists. They started writing posts about new music coming out. And now they have one of the biggest record labels just came to them and they want them to be their marketing company. So now these two girls, just by starting off a blog about stuff that they liked, are moving in to be uh, being paid $1,000 a month. And this is just their first client to just write, write news for the record label. That's- There's always something there. You never yeah. know what's going to come. Yeah. Yeah. And it goes back to that, like talking about the sales, that many sales in a week or that happening. People go, man, like, how does that happen for me? 
You know, I had something that I did. It was a big achievement. We were talking about it on the company and, and somebody reached out to me and said, would you share with me how you did that? And so I tried to, but it's just like, you're like, I, I can't sit there and explain all the late nights, all the extra headaches. Like there's some stuff you just got to do uh-huh. on your own and go through it when you're just scrapping and fighting. Like it all adds up. There's yep. not some just magic silver bullet that, that does it. There may be something that propels it, you know? So yep. like, for example, there was a springboard there when that TikTok went viral. Yes, but exactly. All the groundwork has been laid. It wasn't just that. If right. it was just that alone, it, it wouldn't have done it, you know? Right. Yep. No, you're spot on. And, and that's why there's still all these companies that sell the lose weight fast, get rich fast. That's why they still sell because everyone still gives in to that quick fix and it'll yeah. never, ever work. Yeah. This is all this time, dude. And it's crazy how, yeah. and it's, you know, it's not, no, nah, it's not crazy. I, so I, I sympathize because People just, some people have not ever put in that, that snowball of effort to realize that all of the get rich quick schemes are just fraudulent. Well, you know, I mean, I really, if you think about it, our society is built around that. I mean, most products make life easier or faster in some way. Right. You know, so it's like, there's something new you take. Okay. It's a little less cost. It's a little faster. It's a little more convenient. So you sit there and you see that and you're like, okay, I want my shot at whatever. Right. Well, there's got to be a faster, easier way. You're, you're literally programmed to think that way. And it's not the case. The guy that just sold you the product that's easier and faster, he had to do it low, uh, long and slow, yep. you know, to build it up. It, it's just, it's just a fact. Um, but, and then on, on top of that, even if there was, so I spent two and a half years building out literally a systemized play by, we called it the playbook. We called it our company Bible. It was literally every single thing to operate our company top to bottom. And I was telling a guy about it. He goes, would you share that with me? At first I was like, no, I'm not going to share it with you. I said, but even if I did, man, it wouldn't be yours. Yeah. You, it, it would not benefit you the way it benefits me. You got to just build it from scratch. You got to build your own. Um, and that's the thing, man, like, it's just, you're never going to own it if you don't do it yourself. Yeah. And another thing to touch on what you just said is I think a lot of today's societal mental health issues, low confidence issues is because people don't go out and challenge themselves to get that little dopamine serotonin high of when they accomplish something big like that. Like, yeah, when you finish that, you're probably like, Fuck yeah. Like you felt great after that. Right. Yeah. And there's so many people out there that never feel that. And it's, that's, that's what I don't get. Cause I'm constantly doing all this shit so that I could get those dopamine rushes. I'm trying to finish a hundred miles so that I could get done and be like, fuck yeah. I just did that. You know what I mean? There's, there's too many people that turn to taking three, you know, psychotic pills to try to change this whole confidence issue they have. Right. Yeah, it, it, I, I agree, man. I mean, there's, you know, it's weird. I mean, especially if you win for a while and then it comes back and, you know, kicks you in the teeth, um, it kind of is a reset. So that happened to me at COVID. You know, we'd been really? winning and it, it had gotten a little easier. 
And then it came over and like drop kicked me in the fucking mouth. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, you know, and I realized, so like, if you looked at my, if there was a snapshot of my company, how we operate before COVID to now, we don't even look the same. It taught me so much. Really? Where I was just like, man, I'm, I was so relaxed about things. I'd gotten so easy going about stuff and I shouldn't have been, I mean, we yeah. were nowhere near the size we need to be, but man, I mean, it really sharpened me. And, uh, you know, that was an interesting thing. Like it, it made me feel bad for myself for a second because it hadn't happened in a while. Yeah. And I was like, you know, walking around being a little bitch. And then I realized like, wow, I'm being a little bitch. I, I, yeah. I just need to step back up and win again. Yep. And that's what we started doing, you know? So uh, it is fascinating how the mind works for that. Yeah. And when, when you are doing challenging things, you are trying to reach for the stars, you are winning a lot you're going to hit that failure. It's going to happen regardless. It's a big, very big, very talked about in ultra running is you're doing hundred mile races, 200 mile races. Eventually you're going to fail at one of them. But that's because you are trying to do these beasts of challenges that inevitably will take you out. And that's okay. As long as you get back up and you go and punch whatever it is back in the teeth. Mm-hmm. And as that's something that James is really good at, you know, if, if I'm going through something or, you know, James, this happened, oh, James, you know, these folks want to, you know, buy us out or whatever it may be. And we get knocked down a little bit. I called James and said, hey, man, you know, this is kind of happening right now, blah, blah, blah. He said, well, it's okay to, what is it? You know, it's okay to cry a little bit, but get back up on the horse. No, no, no. I, it's, it's okay to get knocked down. Just, you know, get, get the hell back up. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Along those lines. Yeah. And, and it's one of those things that, you know, going into what you just said there was, you know, if you're doing something that is extremely hard or you're doing something that is pushing you and you fail, you know, it's going to happen, yeah. but it's it, understand that you're, you're failing because, you know, you're doing something that you're pushing the limits. Right. Most people don't do anything that pushes the limits because it's a little scary. Yeah. Right. No. Um, and even, even personally, like the, the mental game that, that, that you play on yourself um, you know, we spoke whenever it was a few years ago or, this, you know, last year and you were talking about, you know, how can I break my leg during this run because I don't want to finish it like I'm done running. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. These things like I'll be in a workout that I wrote on my whiteboard and I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, you start out and you're like, oh, I can do all of this. You get halfway through that workout and you're like, shit, why did I do all that? And then yeah. you start playing this game of, yeah, okay, well, maybe I can. I can just do six instead of 12 and it'll yep. be efficient and I'll just count it. Bro, when you get in those moments, you got to finish all 12. And you got to remember what you just said is, is remember that mindset. How you, you're kind of just like, I don't want to say making fun of yourself, but when you think of it and you're sitting down, you're like, oh uh, yeah, I'm probably going to only want to do six. That's being a little bitch. You got to think about that in this moment now, because then you'll be like, okay, I was remember I was talking about myself being a little bitch. Now stop being a little bitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's hard, man. You look for those excuses. Always. I always say, I like when I'll talk to my dad, I'll like mile like 150. I'll ask him if he could bring me the finish line. Say <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, no, no, you got to do that one on your own. Yeah. So, so tell us a little bit more. So, um, so you got the design company going genius, by the way, because you've done all this hard work, all this research, creating your own products, making these connections. 
So now with your current product, that's the Gen Z, is that right? Yeah, Gen Z is the company. I, you know, I got the hydration packs, running chest packs. I'm launching some new, you know, just athletic kind of apparel. Um, and then, yeah, Persistent Design is a totally different comp, totally different kind. Gen Z is product. Persistent Design is just services. You know, yeah. I'm just a, a, pretty much a consultant. I'm reading this book right now, Million Dollar Consulting, basically just talks about how consultants, you just have to walk in with confidence that you're providing value to individuals. And if they don't agree with your fees, then, you know, so be it. So yeah. totally different side of the business, but I will tell you service-based businesses are in my opinion, a lot better, you know, Gen Z is great. Um, but a lot of my cash is all tied up in inventory where mm. with services that doesn't really happen. So, yeah. Yeah. So is it a hard transition going from to to service? I will tell you this. I was talking to my dad about it. It's like in high school, I played quarterback and middle linebacker. So I had to go from cool, calm, collected tactical quarterback to let me rip your fucking face off middle linebacker. So I do that a lot throughout the day. It's two totally different beasts. You know, with Gen Z, I'm firing off answering, uh, you know, customer emails or I'm writing a blog post and then I get on a call with a potential client and I throw on, I don't have it here, don't have it here but I throw on like a collared shirt over and I'm like, you know, the very nice reserved <laughs> Ryan Lang. Hey, you know, this is how we could provide service. Yeah. Like that kind yeah. of that mentality. So it's to, two totally different hats. Um, but you know, it's, it's everlasting going back and forth between it. But I, again, I love that. I love doing very different cool. things. Does the collared shirt come with sleeves? It does. It does indeed. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, you, uh, you, you mentioned your dad a lot. Is he your sounding board? Is he your mentor? Oh, he's my guy I go to with everything, man. He is always, you know, he's, he went through kind of the same deal when he was younger. Um, trying to start, he started five failing businesses until he finally found, you know, his thing that he does today, which is he designs and installs cellular networks for stadiums, hospitals, stuff like that. Um, but you know, he always is 10 steps ahead of me when I was first starting Gen Z stuff was popping off. I was very emotional about it. Very excited, you know? And he's like, you know, none of that emotion crap matters. It's all about the numbers. It's all about the data. You know what I mean? He, he doesn't care how, how cool, how this super crazy, cool, hot chick is posing in my backpack. It doesn't matter how many backpacks is she selling? You know what I mean? So he, he is my guy to go to on everything business. Um, and it's, it's fun bouncing ideas off of each other too. Yeah. 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 It's, it's cool when you got a, you got a mentor. I mean, that can, you can throw them some and you, you realize how many layers deep they can see that you can't Yeah, off something that they don't even know the exact product or understanding like you do. Yes. They still can exactly. go deeper and they still school you. It just, I love that because I have a mentor. I take stuff to, and the way he looks at stuff is always 180 of me. And it always just shed so much light on stuff. And I'm just always thankful because I'm like, man, that keeps me humble as shit. Yeah. Knowing how much more I got to learn. You You're just welcome, put man. that in very good words. They could see so many layers deep and they don't even know your product. That's yeah. so, that's so spot on with my dad and his, his, uh, I, uh, you know, talk back to me. 
it's important because you know when you go off on these adventures man i mean you're it's i don't care how many people around you like if you own the company it's it can get really lonely i mean you be in a crowd and lonely and having somebody to bounce stuff off is i mean it's one of your most important assets you know mm-hmm. no, i agree and something that you brought up there was that your dad said that you know the emotional aspect doesn't matter right yeah the, it's about, it's about what's happening, what's going on and, and being kind of emotionally detached from what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was, there was an interview with like Kobe, I think, you know, a while back, but he brought up the fact that, you know, he gets nervous before a game or did get nervous and, and all of these other things. Right. And it was something that he brought up was that once you start realizing that emotion is just your imagination kind of looking into the future or, or your imagination kind of going wild, it allows you to kind of take the emotion out of the emotion yeah. and realize exactly for what it is. And so, you know, when you get an emotional about, you know, this thing happening or maybe this happens or anxiety or, or whatever it may be, it's just your, your imagination kind of going wild. Yeah. And once you can kind of, kind of grasp that concept, you're allowed to, you know, get back centered, focus, calm down a little bit and realize what that is. And that's just make believe. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great way to think about it. Right. And then it allows you to control anger and all of these things. Um, and then even Tim Grover did uh, a good a piece about that in his book, Winning, which well, that was that was really good. Have you guys read that at all? No, no, dude, that that's that's a damn good book. Damn good. Book. Who's first book? Huh? Tim Grover. Tim Grover. Mm-hmm. What was Tim's uh, first book? Relentless. Uh, Relentless. Now that's a damn good book. Yeah. Winnings. I've not, not read winning yet. Yeah. Winning is, it's a one. He goes, I, I do. I do like the emotions. Like I, I, I am a emotional guy, man. When the highs are high, they're, they're awesome. I pour as much energy. I, I mean, I'll wring them out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, I, I'm with you. I mean, the numbers matter. Mm-hmm. You take any nonprofit you, you think is amazing. You take, uh, I mean, we're in the South. Okay, they don't call us the Bible Belt for nothing. There's a church on every corner down here. You know what though? All that faith doesn't keep the lights on in that building. Right. Money, it takes money to move things. I don't care if it's a nonprofit, whatever it is, the money's gotta be there or it can't take care of its obligations. Yep. You know? So staying focused on that is, is crucial. It's fun. It, I, I will tell you, it's okay to get excited. You should get excited, but you cannot be drunk on that excitement yeah. to where you go and start making awful decisions you know, down the line just because you're riding this high. Yes. Keep on that high, but also have people to, to help you, you know, hold your hand as you're jumping up and down, getting giddy, you know? Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I like that. It's really good. Man, this has been awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm so glad that you reached out to catch up again. You guys, yeah. you guys are like my Southern boys that I, that I keep <laughs> in touch with. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> uh, so Ryan, tell people where they can find you. Uh, Instagram, uh, rave runner one Instagram for Gen Z is Gen Z outdoor, but you know, on the website for Gen Z, if you hit up, you know, the customer service, you want to email me, uh, I will be reading that email. So very cool. Yeah, you, you guys, gal, should definitely be following him on, on IG. It's always entertaining. <laughs> always, Thank you. always something, right? 
<laughs> I'm glad I'm not one of those annoying posters that posts random crap. I try. No, not that's to. just James. Yeah, it's just me. It's just me. All right. Nice. Miss uh, been awesome. Am I missing anything, Addison? Uh, yeah. So our sponsor for the podcast, Orjamain and Jocko Fuel. If you are not getting your stuff from Orjamain, you need to go take a look. If you're not doing jujitsu, you need to be doing jujitsu because, well. It allows you to kill other people if you chose, but don't choose to. Um, addition to that, um, Jocko Fuel. Yeah. If you're trying to get your energy up without all the jitters and the bullshit inside the drink, it's a good way to do it. Um, addition got, to that, what? I want, I want Ryan to give us, you know, give our listeners one last word of wisdom. What do you want to leave them with, Ryan? Yeah, you're on the spot. Work hard, play hard, make it fucking happen. There we go. Work hard, play hard, make it fucking happen. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> also, Ryan, I just sent you over the uh, the winning book. Oh, um, work. Thank yeah. you. So it's it's in your Instagram. Sweet. And uh, so other than that, guys. Yeah. Hey, go check Ryan out. And if you're you know not a couch potato like me, you do a little running. Check out his gear, man. That shit's legit. I'm not even <laughs> running. I know that shit's legit. All right. Thanks, dude. So, I'll see you guys again in another year. We'll do. Let's do a yearly podcast, maybe a year and a half, something. Keep it, keep it rolling. Yeah. You know? We'll see. We we'll might as well. Your guns can get. We'll see how <laughs> lucky my hair can get. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. All right. All right. That sounds like a plan. All right. Later, boys. <laughs> All right. Peace. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate you, man.